This is the Ignition Show, an after-show edition. Hello everyone, welcome to or welcome back to the podcast. I'm Chris Jansen, hosting the Ignition Show, and today is what we call our after-show. It's a special episode where we look back at the most recent interview and pull it apart to see how the ideas have impacted us. Us, by the way, refers to my wife and business partner, Sarah and I. We're learning too, and not only have we created this podcast to help provoke, inspire, and fuel your greatness, but we're on our own journey. We want to learn and grow as individuals and as a couple, and we're human too. We have days and moments when we're crushing it, and plenty of moments when we're not. So the After Show episodes are here to help you deepen the learning, speed the implementation of the ideas from our great guests, and to accelerate our collective route to our greatest aspirations and extraordinary life. We're excited to be on this journey with you, side by side, moving forward with the entire Ignition Show community. Today, Sarah and I are going to discuss what we learned and what stood out for us in the episode Turning Fear into Freedom with Rajan Thayanagam. We'd love to hear what stood out for you too, so please go to our Facebook group and join if you haven't yet, and let us know what you heard from Rajan that really impacted you. All right, let's get to the episode. Hey, Sarah. Hey, baby. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So what did you take away? What was the first thing that struck you from our conversation with Rajan? You know what? Um, there were probably three things that that really struck a chord with me. I mean, it was a great interview. I had never heard a story before, and I've listened to the interview twice now. And it's just an incredible story. And I took more away the second time than I did the first. But really, the first thing that, that I walked away with was just how compassion and forgiveness play a major role in our development. And if you listen to Rajon's story and the story of um, him growing up in a, in, within a civil war and how buddies that he used to play cricket with turned against him because he was the minority and how his mother taught him the greatest lesson of all in, in terms of compassion and forgiveness towards those people that had once been friends but were then enemies and compassion for what they were going through and their plight. I mean, without giving too much away of, of future episodes, I feel like the next six weeks of this podcast touch a lot on compassion and forgiveness. And this was a great example of how you can grow up with, with strife and, and, and really hardship but it's through compassion and forgiveness that you can turn that into your greatest triumph. Yeah, it really is a powerful example of how we humans have incredible capacity to choose the meaning we give situations, but also and how we show up in situations. You know, we get so, so stressed out on the smallest things in our modern Western world, especially. And when you hear the story of you know, having to be in hiding for many days and then facing the people who are trying to harm you, you know, harm your life and harm your family. And to choose in that moment to act as compassion, it kind of makes you, I don't know, it kind of makes me uh, kind of reevaluate how I show up in some situations when I'm frustrated or stressed or struggling or we're having a disagreement. And sometimes you think that's, you know, it's easy to be compassionate when you're in a great place and another person is struggling. Yeah. But when someone is directly harming you or attempting to harm you in a very violent way, to realize that from what he learned from his mother there, uh, it's just another great example of 
of, we always have the choice as to how we respond. There's a space between the stimulus and response, and in that space, we, we have a choice. Well, and talk about putting our lives in perspective. I mean, the things that we face in terms of forgiveness and compassion are, you know, someone cutting us off on the freeway or, you know, another driver on the freeway or, or the roads or, you know, they're, they're really first world problems. And listening to Rajon's story totally put things into perspective that if you can forgive the enemy, literal, the literal enemy in a war zone, if you for, can forgive the other side and have your life uh, be better for it, wow, like what, what little things can, can I forgive in my life that seem, seem really big in the moment but are, are so, so minor? Yeah, that really makes me think of uh, something I've, and a belief I've adopted or a truth I've adopted in recent years is that, you know, we're all doing the best we can with the resources we have. And, you know, when I, I, I have found myself just in recent weeks uh, using the word compassion a lot, maybe inspired by some things that Rajan has shared. Um, but when I find someone, what I've learned or noticed in recent years is that more and more when I find someone who's maybe initially on the surface, I find maybe really annoying or, or I'm frustrated by what they're doing or their response to things. And when I stop to realize that, you know, everyone has their own story, everyone has their own background, everyone has their own resources and limitations, but people, are, people do the best they can with the resources they have. And you can have compassion for someone who maybe, you know, doesn't share the same values as you, or maybe is a lower level of consciousness and maybe makes choices that undermine them and it maybe negatively impacts uh, me. But when I see it through the lens of compassion that, you know, that's just where they're at. And it can really, I think the, the ultimate benefit for me is not about a moral statement of my views in the world, but what it can literally do for me is it just reduces the stress that I feel or, or the ang angst reaction. And if that's, if that's all that happens for me, then that's victory. And it's a worthwhile, worthwhile to bring the lens of compassion to, to someone else's situation. Yeah, you know what, I've had similar realizations that um, when I take, when I step back and it's no, it's, it's not about who's right and wrong. And actually the best, best outcomes for me is when I make a game of it and I'm like, oh, you know, especially when it's a stranger that you have no idea. And it was just, you know, they, you feel slighted in the moment. I'm like, huh, I wonder what's going on for them that would make them act that way. I'm sure they're a really great person. And I start making a game of different scenarios that they might be going through mm. uh, that might explain their actions in the moment. And it just kind of dissipates all of that pent up frustration um, and brings compassion to the scenario. Yeah. And I think the other, the flip side of that is having self-compassion. You know, I was just going to say that. When you screw up, you mess up, you're not where you want to be, you're not making the progress you want. I was having this exact conversation with a few clients lately and and the the process of bringing self-compassion to yourself, especially when you're falling behind or you're focusing on the gaps. It really is a, a proven, you know, proven approach to releasing the tension in you and um, freeing you to really move forward. Well, it's funny because I was going to mention self-compassion as well, but from a different angle, oftentimes when I am holding a grudge and I've, I heard this and I forget who I heard this from. So, um, but it's finding self-compassion for allowing that to happen to you. 
So allowing your boundaries to, to fall or, you know, so taking ownership of yourself in the situation, but having compassion for, for yourself and how you handled Mm -hmm. the situation that, that allowed yourself, um, to, to be in that scenario. Yeah. It's such a big pattern that I see with people that I work with of a pattern of beating yourself up when you make a mistake or you're not doing the right thing. And as the adage goes, like if, if beating yourself work, uh, worked, it would have worked by now right. for so many people, right? And rather than beating yourself up, you've got to build yourself up. And a, a transition out of that is often through camp- compassion before you can start filling yourself up with more empowering thoughts or positive thoughts or, or you know, thoughts that support the, the person that you want to be, not, not uh, knocking down the person that you have been acting as. For sure. Yeah. So a different thing that came out for me in this interview is, you know, I am fascinated by people who come from a place of struggle, who had hardship growing up, difficult childhoods. Um, Rajan grew up in a war zone in impoverished, impoverished Sri Lanka. And then, and in his adult life is flourishing, is thriving, is succeeding. You know, if you look at various markers of success he's succeeding a lot more than many people who have been brought up with privilege Mm -hmm. this fascinates me especially when you look at politicians ceos people great founders who come from struggle in their childhood and this fascinates me so what's so fascinating about that for you you know i just find it i find it fascinating to see to see people who are brought up with all the privilege available in terms of head starts in education, in um, geography, in just where they started. They have all the head starts available and yet don't do anything with that. Contrast that with people who are, are brought up in poor neighborhoods, underprivileged neighborhoods, little education, little formal education, I should say, um, broken homes, and then go on to do great things not only great things but things that most people wouldn't even think of doing and they they go on to to do incredible things and Rajan is you know he broke it down in terms of it's all in your mind and it makes me think of you know the things that he had to overcome in childhood really set him up for success in how he deals with um, Ironman triathlons and life in general and he talks about how we have a limitless mind in a limited body. And when yeah. he when he realized that it was his fears were all in his mind and his mind could control whether he played victim to these fears or could overcome them because they were just a thought. They're, they're an imaginary thought. When he could overcome that with his mind, everything started to shift for him. Yeah, I, I, that point really stood up for me as well. The limitless mind in a limited body. I mean, just, I love the simplicity of that, and and it's it's one of those statements I think that a lot of times we can accept. Oh yeah, that's true, but how we actually operate is a lot of limitations in our mind. For sure, and you just think of anything, and oftentimes we don't even realize that our beliefs are limiting beliefs. Mm. But when you stop and and question, okay, what is it that I believe, or or this fear that I have is it real? As Rajon asked himself, is this a real fear or is this just or is it just a thought mm, and 
almost 100% of the time, it's just a thought. And as you said, if you can control your thoughts, you can control your fears. And, and uh, then you can control your outcome. Yeah. Now, that's one of those statements where it's certainly easier said than done. And the simple idea of, well, if I can control my thoughts, then I can control my fears. In the moment, that's really hard. And what I really appreciated about what he said was, um, was that he, he was fearful of the shark in the water and his body was on full high alert. And even so, he chose a different thought. And I think for so, so many times, and I, I can find this myself, that you're, you're having a visceral reaction to a fear or a worry or something that's concerning you. And so, much, so, much, so many times we allow that emotion that we're feeling or that sensation that we're feeling to dictate how we act and how we think. And it's very impressive that he was able to kind of rise above and keep his thoughts in check. Totally. And just as you were saying that, it makes me think there are three phases. One, to just become conscious of that th that thought is a fear. And you're really good at highlighting that for me. If I, you know, say, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this because, and you're like, hmm, that's interesting because that may not be true. Just like, and it's so easy to say, oh, but it is true. Like he was able mm -hmm. to say, but sharks do kill people. They do eat people. They do bite people. And the fisherman so, saw a shark there yesterday. <laughs> absolutely. So you could argue that it was a real fear. Like it was a real thing. But him being able to step back from the situation and say, hmm, but it's still a thought, right? The shark hasn't bit me. Yes. It's, it's a thought. So that's a first just becoming conscious of, of that fear. Two, changing our mind around that thought. And then the third, like you said, controlling our body to support what our mind now believes. Because or, or, or I would even go, sort of drop, but I, I go one step further to say, uh, or maybe interject a, a, a step 2.5 2. in there, is it's overriding what your body yes. is telling you. Yes. Then you can control your body. But what, what I found really interesting there was, how he could override what his body was trying to tell him because his mind was telling. I think he said somewhere that you know, the body will only do what the mind tells it to. Yes. And uh, his mind was telling him pretty hard you know, to stay out of that water. There are sharks in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the third thing, if can we move, move yeah. on? The third thing that really struck a chord with me was his a statement he made near the end. And Rajan said, most of us avoid failure instead of achieving success. Mm. And that struck me because I recently gave the advice to someone in their 20s who was going into a new job situation. And I said, and my advice, and based on my own experience, every time I've tried to run away from a bad job situation, a bad boss, a bad relationship, every time I was trying to get away from a bad situation, it rarely went as well as I wanted it to. Mm. But every time I had a great vision for what I wanted to, and mm. I was drawn to that, that inspiring vision, not only did it go better than I thought it would, but oftentimes things happened faster than I thought they would. You mm. know, I achieved the success that I wanted or I achieved the, the goal I wanted. And I think of that numerous times in my corporate career. Every time I had a bad boss, I'm like, I don't care what the next job is. I just want to get away from this person or I don't care what the next job is. I just, I can't be doing the same thing as I'm doing now. That rarely worked out for me. And, and it was, I was reminded of it here 
because I was trying to avoid failure or not failure, but I was trying to avoid negative emotions versus being inspired and pulled and drawn to positive emotions. So when you talk about you know avoiding a bad situation, was that a bit of a grass is greener? The grass must be greener somewhere else? Yes. And it honestly, it didn't even matter what the grass yeah. was. It must be better than, yeah. than what I'm... I'm in, experiencing right now yeah because when we try to avoid the bad stuff or avoid the the pain if that's the the full scope of our of our mindset and perspective on it is is there can be very little fulfillment beyond that by just getting out of the by getting away from that situation it can create a big void well it feels really, really good at, at the beginning right. it feels great at the beginning and then really quickly afterwards you're like oh either i've gone into a very similar situation you know, unknowingly, because the universe gives us what we need. And if we haven't learned the lesson the first time, it's going to keep giving us that lesson. And, yeah. and it wasn't, you're right, it wasn't fulfilling because I, I wasn't clear on what I wanted. I wasn't drawn by that great vision of success to achieve success, as, as Ray John says. That's a great point. Uh, the, the, one that's, the initial one that stood out for me was, very near the end, he said that we carried the baggage of fear. And I think that just so so true. And um, this came up with a client recently where they were describing what was really holding them back. And it was all in their head, mm. all in their head. And, you know, I came up in our conversation where I reminded him that it's, I've, I don't know if I've ever come into a situation where it is actually worse than we imagined. We always imagine the worst case scenario. In fact, worse, worse than worse. <laughs> I know it's not a real phrase. But when we get caught up in our heads so much, we have to remind ourselves that it's always worse in our head. The way it plays out in reality is never as bad as we expect it to be when we're facing our fears or trying to overcome some things that we're uncomfortable with. It reminds me that we are just, we're always more capable than we think we are. And we can handle things that are thrown at us, even the things that are scary. So. I think for what just reminded me is, you know, as we continue to build our relationship and build our home together and, and start our family together, that there's things that we're going to bump into that are, are uncomfortable or fearful. And, and it's a reminder for us that, you know, we can handle anything, that we are bigger than our fears. So when something comes up that is uh, we don't want to face, we've had this conversation when, we're, when we have some conflict between us, always come out on the other side better when we actually sit down and chat about it. That's actually been a huge lesson for me in our, in our relationship because I've not experienced that in, in past relationships that I've had. You're right. When we sit down and it's putting ourselves into those uncomfortable conversations because we're being brutally honest, vulnerable, and loving. Is it brutally honest or beautifully honest? Oh, good, good point. <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to be thrown back in my face the next time you decide to be beautifully honest on me. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm totally going to use that. But we've always come, come out better on the other side. Yeah. And that's a lesson for me because in the past, and we've talked about this, I think we both have avoided conversations in, in previous relationships because they were uncomfortable or you didn't want to face them or... You're afraid of how the other person would react, so we would avoid those conversations. And we've really made an effort in our relationship to, to confront those things and, and deal with them in the moment or shortly after. But it, we always come out better. Yeah. 
Maybe that's a topic for another day and another conversation. Maybe, but it does relate to facing our fears. Yeah. This was a great interview. I know we've only touched on a, a few of the the points that Rajon made, but if you have a chance and if you haven't listened to this episode and the interview Chris and Rajon had, I really encourage you to. He it's a great story from struggle in childhood to triumph as an adult and the journey he went through to get there. And he uses Iron Man as really an analogy for life yes. in a lot of ways. I don't know if he actually made that analogy, but for me, there there were a lot of analogies for, for life and success within life in, in various aspects. And Iron Man was just, has been one vehicle for Rajon to do so. Yeah, a great point about, uh, you know, you got to find meaning in life. And for him, the Iron Man gave, gave a lot of sense of meaning, of uh, especially given where, where he's come from. And I know he's looking to leverage that and uh, really inspiring people through the work that he does. So that wraps up our after show edition, following the interview with Rajan Thayanagam on turning fear into freedom. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave a review in iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We actually read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website, and respond to as many people as we can. We especially love hearing your real, live voice, and you can leave comments and audio messages for us on our website at theignitionshow.com connect. We'd really love to build a community around you and your questions, so please send in your questions or other topics that you'd love to hear in future episodes. That might be my favorite way of receiving feedback is through the audio uh, this, the speak pipe, the audio version. I love hearing people's voices and just what they have to say and, and any questions they have. Yeah, so please do uh, send us a little message on at theignitionshow.com connect. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had, you're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen. And I'm Sarah Jansen. And this is The Ignition Show.